The second round is in full swing, and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free to play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total (laughs) prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free to play. Uh, DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, Go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Uh, All you have to do is answer a handful of questions, and I do mean a handful, folks, uh, around what you think is going to happen during the day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. The team that will hit the most threes is the Nets, Nets, Nets. Um, DraftKings, that's not official advice. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN. That's the Basketball Podcast Network. When you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day, Uh, of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Are you amped, though? I am very, very, very amped. <laughs> okay. Well, what are you looking at, if I may? Oh, I'm just I'm just looking at the crab menu. You just surfing the web? Yeah, I'm surfing the web. Wait, why didn't I? Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, great. Well, uh, we can do something quite special this week, Simon. Um, okay. We can do the introduction together. That's right. Okay, I'm ready. All right. You ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, well, folks, let's go ahead and welcome back to another episode of Maybe, Maybe Next time. time. I am your host, William, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, please welcome fourth star, Bruce Brown. We are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. And as we do each and every week, as you know, loyal listeners, beloved listeners, not only loyal, but beloved. They are beloved. Um, we have, of course, quite a lot of Nets talk to get to. But as you may have noticed, the end of these episodes have resulted in us going to various restaurants. It is going to be a new component of these podcasts where we visit a restaurant, quote-unquote visit a restaurant, of the team that we're playing that week. Uh, what, am, what am I saying? A, it's in, in the, in the city <laughs> where the team we are playing 
uh, resides, resides is based. Is based exactly. We we go to a restaurant, except that that's not actually true of the restaurant we're going to this week. Except so bear in with a us, folks. Bizarre turn. That is not at all what's going on this week. What is happening this week is we're going to go to at the end of this episode. I'd say go forty three and a half minutes in. Mm-hmm. We will put a timestamp, right? We will put a timestamp. Yeah, we are going to put a timestamp for those of you who maybe aren't interested in our hoop stock and are interested in our restaurant talk, or, or conversely, for those of you just interested in the hoop stock and don't give a shit what we have to say about restaurants, which I get both sides. I get both. But, I more um, get the people who are listening to this for the restaurants, but. Uh, <laughs> I suppose there yeah, are probably I mean, people. It's a more out there. food. Food is a more universal love than the nets, mm-hmm. as as uh, abhorrent an idea as that is. Mm-hmm. As for um, as for the, to the people who eat, drink, and sleep nets, <laughs> right? Who get all their daily calories from nets daily. <laughs> uh, anyway. We are going to a restaurant in Miami this week. We'll explain why later. But for now, we have a ton of Nets talk to get to. Simon, I thought a great entree, mm-hmm. no pun intended, uh-huh. into the um, Nets Bucks riveting first round series. Actually, I, sorry, second round series. Um, people have almost universally said this is a series that is. A huge disappointment for them. Have you have you heard that? Yes, I've heard I've heard that from many a sports pundit who then Im- at least some of them immediately pivot to like broad scale. This is why the NBA sucks. This is why players need to you know be reined in and make far less money and have far less power. I hate the Nets. I hate the NBA, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like just completely skipping any analysis of the. Uh, <laughs> Some of them, not all of them, but anyway. of, the, of the actual series itself. Yeah. Well, fear not. We are not those pundits, no. Simon. We have quite a lot to say about this series, and I thought a great entree into the series would be asking you some trivia questions. So please do not look at my screen. Okay. Keep those eyes sealed, baby. You have to tell me where you are. <laughs> hot, hot, hot. Oh, cold, cold. You're getting cold. Uh, um, all right, so I'm gonna do. We're gonna do a little Bucks Nets round two trivia. I'm gonna start with some Nets cues, and then we're gonna switch to some Bucks cues. Okay. Now, Simon, if one of these questions, right? I know that you're a guy who, when you're playing a game, you get tunnel vision. You're focused. You're hyper focused, and you you want to win. Right? Yes, I want to win. But I want you to not only try to win here in the trivia, but also if a, a question maybe touches a nerve regarding the series, uh-huh. uh, maybe gets at a theme of the series that you'd like to uh, talk about a bit more, let's do that, okay? We'll get back to the questions eventually. So don't, don't what I'm saying is don't be too narrowly focused on if you're right or wrong. Let's also use these as jumping off points. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Question number one. Who is shooting better from three this series? Landry Shamit or Joe Harris? Oh. Do, 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 
Well, given that Joe Harris was a one for 11 the last game, I'm going to say Landry Sham. He was one for seven from three. Oh, right. Okay. Right, right. One for 11 from the field. Uh, question number one is correct. It's Landry Shamit shooting 44% on three attempts a game, whereas Joe Harris is 39%, still a ridiculously good percent, especially considering he is averaging 7.7 three-point attempts per game in this series. And in the playoffs, yeah. Uh, I that This is just for this series. Oh, okay. But, but I mean, against a good, like a a good defensive team in a playoff series. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in spite of a game, I think that people are (laughs) rightly critical of of Mr. Harris's play. Make one, Joe. (laughs) No, there were some some huge misses. They're wide open. That was just an uh, an awful game, game three. Um, But Joe Harris is still shooting really well. I have a bonus question based on this, Simon. Okay. Which net has the highest three-point percentage in the series? Um... I'm going to go with a wild card here, Blake Griffin. Ooh, no, my friend. Okay. Great guess. Now, this is one that you have to leave your whatever you think you know about basketball, leave it at the door because we, we got a wild card here. The answer is Reggie Perry. Uh, who's shooting 66.7% from three. It's because in that second game when he got in at the end. Got it. Uh, he made it rain. It, he it, like it, two of three three-pointers. Is the theme I'm supposed to be getting at here that Reggie needs to be getting some PT and non-garbage time here? Am I the here? only person in Nets Nation who thinks Reggie Perry's legit good? Um, yeah. I think you're the only person in Nets Nation who thinks Reggie Perry is good right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess shooting 66% from three in a playoff series against a <laughs> Indomitable Bucks defense. <laughs> right. That's pretty good. Shoot, shoot All right. It. Yeah. So, Simon, question number two. The starters are averaging the most minutes. The starters being KD Kyrie, Joe Harris, Blake Griffin, and Bruce Brown with, mm-hmm. with James Harden up. Which two Nets are averaging the next most number of minutes? I'm going to say um, Nick Claxton and um, Landry Shamit. Ooh, one for two there. So Nick Claxton is averaging the seventh most with okay. 15.3. The sixth man in this series, Simon, is my James. Oh, right. Coming I, in at I'm, 22 minutes a game, mm, which I should have gotten that. Yeah. I guess that has to do with Harden being out, but um, that's a lot of minutes to be dominating a series and have Mike James be playing. And, and a guy who was great, no doubt, in game two, for sure. Uh, and I know there's recency bias here, and he was legitimately good in game two. In game three, I think you got to see a bit of a regression to the mean <laughs> and a bit of like a like, okay, Mike James needs to stop dribbling. Yeah. There were so many possessions where I was like, I cannot believe Mike James still has the ball right now. Yeah. Um, the problem with Mike James's uh, microwave offense is that oftentimes now he's playing with KD or Kyrie on the court. Um, so... 
<clears throat> Could be a problem. And, and he's just love penetrating. Confidence. He's just he's just <laughs> dissecting the D out there. Dribble, dribble, dribble. He's like doing a James Harden impression, but yeah, he's I Mike James. I didn't look up his, his usage rate, but it has it's, to be Karis LeVert level. It bad. seemed crazy to yeah. me. Okay, so you're 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 uh, one. For two right now. So. Okay. Well, one point. Well, we're, no, the bonus yeah. question doesn't count. I'm not going to ding you for that. Um, Kyrie averaged 3.5 free throws a game during the regular mm. season and shot a brilliant 92.9% from the line. Mm-hmm. How many free throws a game is he averaging this series? And I'll give it to you within 0.5 of what he's averaging. Okay. I'm going to say one. Okay, you got it right. It's 0.7. Mm. 0.7. So Kyrie Irving is essentially not getting to the line. Yeah, yeah. Which, Problem? I, I, yes, it I is. Mean, I mean, because he's, he's not a, like, I mean, right, you just said it. Like, 3.5 is not a huge number. He's not, again, he's not a James Harden. He's not getting to the line constantly. But, yeah, he, he should be... He should be getting there, and and you know when he's been at the hole, at least in game three, like when he's gotten to the towards the basket, he's often getting blocked in a somewhat embarrassing fashion. Yeah, especially it's especially odd because he is such a king of driving and scoring over the biggest, scariest, most terrifying guys in the league. Like so much of what's spectacular about Kyrie is that he's so small, but he can find that angle. Um, and finish over guys that are enormous. So that, yeah, does seem to have um, – I've left him at, at points this series. Do you? Can you guess this is a bonus one? So it's just – it's gravy if you <laughs> just get Just for fun. Just for funsies. What is his free throw percentage in the series? Uh, I don't think I'll, I'll ruin it by saying it's better than Giannis's. <laughs> uh, 90. 100%. Wow. Yeah. Again, I think – Point seven. I think he's taken like two yeah. <laughs> free throws this yeah. series. Um, so it's not a lot. All right, now we're going to turn to some bucks, Triv. Giannis, Middleton, Holiday, and Brooke Lopez are the leading scorers on the Bucks this series, as you would expect. Which two Bucks are the fifth? And sixth leading scores in terms of points per game, not not um, total points. Points per game. Um, uh, this question is meant to, to bring out how yikes the Bucks bench has been. <laughs> <laughs> I will say Brent Forbes and. Uh, P.J. Tucker. <laughs> right. You'd hope P.J. as a starter would make it in there. He did not, mm. nor did Bryn Forbes. Mm. Um, I, like, I like Brent Forbes. Brent Forbes, uh, good as well, but uh, <laughs> not the flamethrower his, his uh, doppelganger Bryn is. Uh, all right. First guy, Simon, Elijah Bryant. Mm. Don't remember him playing. Nor do I. Actually, I think I think he only played in game two, um, as well as this other guy, which is why they're um, for uh, fifth and sixth here. Elijah Bryant and Justin Jackson, each averaging six points 
per game. Uh, moral of the story, Bucks aren't getting any contributions from their bench or their fifth starter. I'm going to give you next, Simon, a multiple choice question. Okay. Okay, so you're, you're uh, two, for, two for four at this point. Multiple choice here. As a team, that train is is loud when that window's open. As, as is the music. As, the, as yeah. the music. I mean. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, multiple choice. As a team, what is the Bucks free throw percentage this series? I'm going to give you four, sorry, five options here. Oh, okay? my God. Is it 57%, uh-huh. 67%, uh-huh. 77%, 87%, or E, this is too sad a question to answer? <laughs> I'm going to say 67. 50. Oh, wow. 7%. That's unbelievable. For this series. Bonus question What is Giannis's free throw percentage this series within 5%? 25%. Mm, just off. 31.6. Oh. Double bonus. What is your boy Drew Holiday's free throw percentage for the series? Well, it's got to be bad because I know you uh, you like to drill on poor Drew. Um, I'll say 30%. 33%, which not great for a guard. Also, maybe the team's best shooter? <laughs> well, no, uh, uh, um, Middleton. Brent, Brent good. Middleton. Middle, middle, you're right. Middleton is a. I mean, he was terrible in the first two games, but right, good right, in the right. third game. All right. Final question, Simon. You're two for five. Let's even it up here. Who's shooting better from three? Now, this is a tricky one Giannis or PJ Tucker? I'm going to say Giannis. Yes. Giannis is shooting 18.8% from three on 5.3 attempts. I hope that number goes up as the series continues. Not the percentage, the number of attempts. Mm -hmm. Um, And Tucker is averaging 12.5%. Wow, that's low. On 2.7 attempts a game. They're giving him those looks. Yeah. And he doesn't shoot it unless it's a corner three that's wide open. Right. Uh, They're going in 12.5% of the time. Not good. Do you, William, I, look, it it could be a long series. Things could definitely change, okay, folks? Those are my caveats. But I don't know that there has been a series where a a, a player, like Giannis's, like, total numbers, if you just look at, like, field goal percentage and points and rebounds, Mm -hmm. it's good. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it looks good. Um, game two, maybe not as much, but, like, game one and three, really excellent. You'd be like, oh, okay, great. Like, this guy is their star player. He's performing. Mm-hmm. But actually watching those games, you're I'm genuinely like, this guy oh, kind of stinks. Like, yeah, for yeah, a star yeah. player, he kind of stinks. Well, I, so... Don't take it from me. Take it from Gimme the Buck. Right. The podcast we were just on where the host, Joel Graham, said he was concerned that this series may be exposing the fact that Giannis is not a 1A guy. I think Giannis would definitely be like like uh, like an Anthony Davis, you know, the best 
one B guy in the history of the NBA. Like he's would be better than a Scottie Pippen to someone, to someone who's better than him. But I think if he is the centerpiece of your team, this series might be suggesting that that this is what you're going to get. You're going to get second round exits as soon as you. F- face a team with a potent offense, especially a potent late-game offense, which I know after Game 3 is, is all cast into doubt. But. It's Bruce Brown-based. and uh... <laughs> right. No, but it, you know, there's the, there's the very funny clip of, of Giannis, and he's got, he's got um, Blake Griffin there, right? And he's going to take it on him, but then he backs it up way past yeah, the three, yeah. like he's going to get the yeah. head of steam. And then he drives it in and is blocked, and just like, that's his offensive game. And that cannot be the guy that you have to rely on to get buckets. The guy should be, you know, dunking balls, posting up, doing stuff inside, but he cannot be the guy running the offense. The offense cannot run through him. Otherwise, you get the disaster that has been the Bucks in this series. Um, which is kind of scary for the Bucks. I mean, it's <laughs> great news for the Nets. Simon, <laughs> I got to say, I'm sensing from you, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sensing from you that you are slightly more confident that the Nets have a chance of winning this series than you were that the Nets were going to win the Celtics series. Am I, am I misreading? <laughs> You right now? Because after game after game three of the Celtics series, the the sky was falling for you. After game three of the Bucks series, the sky does not appear to be falling for you. Well, I just feel like yes, that is. I mean, I no after after game three, maybe maybe it didn't reflect in my comments. Maybe I was trying to. I may have been trying not to jinx it mm-hmm. here, but but. I didn't feel like the Nets were going to lose that Celtics series after game three. Um, But. um, You don't think they're going to lose the Bucks series, do you? I I don't think they're going to lose. I don't think they're going to lose. I really wanted that game. Like, not when it started. When it started, I was like, okay, just keep, keep in the frame of mind that it's okay to lose game three. A lot of teams lose game three. Um, when they're up 2-0 and it's it's the other team's home court, it's fine. But, like, once we got to the stage where it was like, shit, we have, like, 80-some points and we could still win this, we've got to win this. Like, it's crazy to not win this game if you're the Nets and, like, you've somehow managed to hold a team to 80-whatever, so 86 points. Mm-hmm. You've got to win this game. You have KD, you have Kyrie, win this game. Um, but, yeah, I mean... I guess I, you know, yes, I have to admit that, like, in a game where you shoot 36% and you you barely lose the game, you should feel reasonably good. Now, that could, again, that could change tomorrow. Maybe the, the Bucks will have some confidence that, you know, feel rejuvenated, feel like they're, they're in the series. But to me, game three was still kind of like, much more the Nets losing than the the Bucks winning. Like the Nets, they were much. The Bucks were, to their credit, way more physical, and that is what they should do. And hopefully, that doesn't carry over to the game game four where people are missing shots. But like it was, a, there's still like a lot of missed shots. Like a lot of KD shots should have gone in. Kyrie shots should have gone in. Um, and Joe Harris shots certainly, at least some of those shots, at least some of those eleven shots should have gone in. Yeah, I will say I have been. Uh, Perhaps overly confident throughout mm. the series. I do still think, you know, 
gun to my head, I would still say, yeah, I think the Nets are going to win this series in five. Um, but going through these stats to put this trivia together, which, by the way, well done. You got uh, three Half of six. them, right? Three of six. Okay, great. Pretty good. Um, I will say going through these stats, the Bucks shooting has been so awful and the bench contributions so lacking that some part of me is like getting more worried about the bucks yeah. by doing that sort of review right. of the numbers right. than I have been this entire time because it's just like this team is like if they're this bad they're really 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 bad <laughs> and they can't possibly be this bad yeah so i right exactly i i think that you have to still hope and and that's why that's part of why you so badly wanted that game 3 yeah was to just flush any confidence they could have because yes i totally as as we talked about in our podcast and on the, the give me the buck podcast like it is so clearly a head thing. Mm-hmm. And I still think in game three, they were still totally f- like Giannis was still crazy from the free throw line. He was like pump getting himself pumped up in a way that you're just like, <laughs> that guy is he's struggling right now. Yeah. Um, getting himself pumped up and then airballing. Right. Uh, like, right. Yeah. Just like just like, you know, and like, when he quieted the fans. Right. That is. Weird, weird stuff going on with him, but you 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 have to hope that weird stuff continues. And the more victories they get, or the closer they get to victories, the less that's going to happen. So we've got to. I think we really have to just like slam them in game four and just make them feel like shit um, instead of giving them more confidence. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a it's a must win game. I think. All right, Simon. To me, <clears throat> the biggest story in this series. Is a story that nobody is really talking about. <laughs> okay. Um, so whenever I, I've, I've heard this series discussed, as you say, it's like it devolves into a ratings conversation or an indictment on Coach Bud or Giannis uh, can't lead a team. It, it, all of these, all of these different narratives. Mm-hmm. But one. <laughs> One thing that, because the Nets are, have been so successful and look so dominant, hasn't been discussed at all, is the fact that we have an MVP who hasn't played more than 40 seconds in this series. Yeah. Um, it's amazing that this team is doing this without James Harden. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Not only it not only does it say great things about the Nets, but it's like a massive indictment. <laughs> on the Bucks, <laughs> like if you are if you are looking like this against a team that is missing its second best, like by a hair piece, uh, the, you know, you gotta you you have to really really rethink what the future of this team is going to be. The Bucks, the Bucks, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree, and um, I mean, I I think that. And uh, Brian Lewis wrote about this for the po- for the New York Post, but but I think that while I don't think James Hart, you can count on James Harden to have been like the guy who who got us buckets in the clutch because he has notoriously not done that. But like in throughout the course of that game, like you needed somebody who was like Kyrie had one assist um, in Game Three. You can. 
guarantee James Harden would have had more one more than one assist as the point guard <laughs> for the Nets. Like he he would have gotten people way more involved. He would have just like run an offense in a much more efficient and team oriented way that I think we really could have used in, in that game when like Kyrie and KD in part because the Bucks made it so difficult, but like every time they touched the ball, it was like, all right, I've got the ball. I'm going to do it. Right. No, I, I, I think like, I, I feel like I've heard more conversation about like, Ooh, the Bucks are really missing the big ragu. Then <laughs> the Nets are missing yeah. James Harden and their starting center Jeff Green. <laughs> right. Oh, that, so, amazing point. Yes, I I loved – there was a, a back and forth with Mark Jackson and uh, and uh, Jeff Van Gundy during during the last game where where Mark Jackson, as he is wont to do, was like, yeah, you know, uh, oh, this is where the Nets really miss Jeff Green. And Jeff Van Gundy was like, uh, I think there's a thing in, in journalism called burying the lead. <laughs> they really miss James Harden. <laughs> Like, yeah, the outside shooting, definitely good versatility on D from Jeff Green, for right. sure. As you said, MVP uh, and and very, very plausible MVP candidate this year before he got hurt, James Harden, is right. also out. No, 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 right. And it's like, you know, the Nuggets, right? They're getting absolutely <laughs> rocked by the Suns. And, you know, you can say, okay, well... Jamal Murray, you know, or or the Lakers losing to the Suns, you can be like, all right, well, AD went down. Um, the Bucks cannot in the front office go like, yeah, but we didn't have the big ragu. <laughs> Bud, you're not on the hot seat. Our training staff is for letting the big ragu sit out this series. Um, all right. Let's turn, Simon, to my headline of the week from the New York Post. Nets fans are being too mean to Giannis Antetokounmpo, colon, NBA. Mm. What do you think about the NBA's reaction to Barclays? The countdown clock? Yeah, exactly. Yes, this this was about... The Nets putting up a countdown clock for or a count up clock for uh, Giannis shooting free throws, which he again got a violation for um, in game three. One, even though he's averaging 5.7 a game and could be called for literally 5.7 Ex- a game exactly. if they want to enforce that rule. A, a truly, yes, um, an indictment on how officiating works in the NBA yeah. is calling it ever or not calling it every time. Right. Uh, it, it It is just it truly indicative of... anyone watching with a complete skepticism about the entire... Exactly. And, and he misses it by a mile every time. It's, yeah. not, it's not like it's like 10.1 seconds and you're just on the margin and you're like, ooh, okay, 10.2, blow the whistle. It's like it's 13, 14 seconds every time. You yeah. could call it every time. Or if you want to decide that that rule doesn't apply, don't call it. Sure. Um, anyway, but yeah, it's it's abs- it, it, as as we texted about, uh, and I agree with you here, William. It's a great chant. It's a great it's a great uh, countdown that the Nets fans are doing, led by our our uh, beautiful bountiful block, ba- our block brethren. 
our block brethren. Um, and it was sparked by, yes, I think a Nets, a Nets, um, innovation of putting his, putting that count, that count up clock on the scoreboard, but they've been banned from doing that. It's ridiculous. It's absurd. These are adult, uh, players. They can handle, they shouldn't, certainly shouldn't be spat on and have bottles thrown at them, but like they, they can handle a count, a count up clock. Right. It's not. It's not mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. There's nothing vicious or, or any any of the problems with so much of of NBA fandom right now. This is like a good, fun. Hey, crowds matter. Home court right. advantage right. matters, and here's why it matters. We're not getting like handouts from like they did at Madison Square Garden to chant like Trey is bold or whatever. You know, like how they they were literally being. Sc- prompted to yell really petty, like, personal things about someone. Mm-hmm. And no one should ever be made fun of for going bald, Listen, okay? Folks, that is too far. There is no <laughs> more serious issue <laughs> on maybe next time <laughs> than baldness. Right. Uh, if all funds that are currently being funneled into so-called pandemic relief yeah. could be reallocated to the alleviation of one of the greatest, greatest uh, maladies. Yeah, cancer funding. Known. Where has that gone? Cancer still exists. <laughs> it kills thousands. That was a waste. Throw it into balding. Uh, we've got designer pills for everything. Let us design our own comeback hair. Mm-hmm. I'll take the curly hair pill. No, I'll take the Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I know. Thank and you. it'll look great, and you'll be able to slick it back, maybe do like a Pat Riley look. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a power move. I would. I think you'd be. You'd look good with a, with a straight dude. What do you mean, guys? <laughs> I've always had slicked back, straight, dark, jet black hair. It's just you couldn't see it on huh? Zoom. Yeah. I shaved off my Jufro for a really long time. It's just what I did. Really long, like ten years long. <laughs> anyway, we've we've got distracted. Yeah, uh, sorry, folks. No idea what we were talking about. But what we will talk about next is Mike D'Antoni. Okay. Or D'Antoni. 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 Mike D'Antoni said to be interested in the Portland Trailblazers head coaching. Gig, Simon, are you getting nervous that we might lose out on Coach Mike? I mean, I, I I think we definitely will lose out on Coach Mike in one way or another next year. Because there are 17 coaching openings? There are a million coaching openings. Our assistant coach bench is absurdly deep. <laughs> absurdly yeah, I know. deep. I saw a headline that was like, Amare Stoudemire thinks... Um, I don't know, Bucks or Nets or someone's going to come out hard in Game 4 or something. Like, some innocuous head. Mm-hmm. But I was like, why, why does anyone care what Amari Stoudemire thinks? And then I was like, oh, right. He's one of, like, our 22 <laughs> coaches. <laughs> right. He's our fifth-string <laughs> coach. Not even. But, I yeah, he's like, like right, he's development guy. No, yeah. no, you're totally right. Yeah, yeah. But, right, uh, Udoka. Udoka is, like, the number always in one the mix. Uh, for the Celtics gig, I've heard. Right. Um, D'Antoni, of course. Arguable um, Hall of Fame coach Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn, who, by the way, Jacques Vaughn, I, I, you know, the beginning of the year, um, you and I, you know, were talking about like, oh boy, Jacques Vaughn, great, like he, he's been given the defensive assignment, like enjoy that, 
like that's a that's set up for failure. Right. But our defense has been awesome. Yes, no, especially Jock in Vaughn game is three. Great. I love Jock. So Vaughn. like, if, if you're gonna, I mean, if he's in charge of the defense, which is what has been stated by Steve Nash, like amazing job, buddy. You have taken a team of players who mostly suck at defense and made them very good at defense. He also seems to me, and this is, you know, anecdotal and based on a limited, you know, set of observations, but he does appear to be the assistant that is going up to the frustrated player um, and talking with them on the court. Like, he seems to be the one who has the immediate interactions with with players, the most, like, mm-hmm. the most direct and immediate interactions mm-hmm. with players. And he, so. Yeah, I, th- I think he is, I think he's very likely good with players. Um, I, I, you know, I, because I, he, you know, like the Karis Leverts and the, and the um, D'Angelo Russells, etc., were, yeah, you got a lot of the him. bubble boys. Exactly. So, so he, yes, he's not only good at getting the most out of like a limited talent supply, but he appears to be very good at defensive um, strategizing. I think Ime Udoku is also supposed to be yeah. uh, the defensive mind. Also good with right, and that's what he did with with Philly last year. So yeah, I mean, all the, those three guys should be in a just world gone. Next year, yeah. So we're gonna have Amari as lead assistant, right? Which is what you should have. I mean, like again, you our know, bench you is should, like we have a, a completely <laughs> ridiculous yeah. number of. Yeah. I mean, you should never have Mike D'Antoni as your assistant, right? And not even your lead assistant. <laughs> so it's right, totally. And, and I, I, I just this uh, just a broader point here, William. Very quickly is like. I know that if the Nets, heaven forbid, do not win the championship or heaven forbid, like losing this round or next round, the the headlines will be like, well, we, you know, didn't have a chance to build chemistry. Like, oh, we really were hit like really hard with like adversity that no team should ever have to face. And it was too much to ask. Like, we are so lucky this year. All things considered, so lucky. Lakers are out. Mm-hmm. We have an amazing bench or I sorry, um, an amazing um, coaching staff we have players like bruce brown who have totally broken out and and explode jeff green on and on like we have three superstars who are willing to to play with each other in a very like with this so i could go on and on we are so we have lightning in a bottle right mm-hmm. now there is no guarantee at all that any of that will happen next year right like this is the pressure is on yeah for no, this this team. is this is this this is feeling more and more like it has to be the year. Um, all right, before we head to Miami, Simon, for the seven hundred and forty second time on this show, mm-hmm. I have to ask you: Will Spencer Dinwiddie return <laughs> to the Nets this season? I am loving the back and forth of this because it is always it Steve is, Nash says. I don't think he's going to play. Spencer did what he says. I'm back for the finals. Ex- exactly. <laughs> it, no, it, and it, it's it, it's the it's it's sadly it's the reverse, right? Where it's like he po- Spencer's posts a thing on Instagram that's like <laughs> back better than ever. See you June 21st. Right. And, and and then it's just like I haven't talked to Spencer. I don't. I think he's in L.A. Right. He like has spent a second on this team. This I season. I don't really know that I've had a non-text conversation with. I I think he's doing good. I think he <laughs> has a kid. Right. I don't really know much about Spencer. Like 
I Spencer is so far out of my thought process right now. I, I could tell you more about like Buck's substitution patterns <laughs> right. than like what Elijah, is going on with uh, what was the guy's name? Elijah Bryant. Right. I could tell you more about Elijah Bryant's tendencies. <laughs> a scouting report on Elijah Bryant <laughs> that I could tell you about what Spencer Dinwiddie is doing. I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> and then like it and was nor should you. And, right. Exactly. And. Uh, uh, then there was like a slight corrective where you could tell like someone from Nets Brass was like, right. "Oh God, he's posted these things." Like Steve, here's a little update on on Spencer. And then it was like, "Man, I'm gonna hope he gets back." You know, you gotta bet on Spencer because oh. I love if, the- if anyone can do it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it was still, it was just so obviously like they're like, I, I don't know, right? Like <laughs> you tell me what Spencer's up to. I am. Knee deep. Right. In. I'm like pretty close to winning a championship. <laughs> Definitely without Spencer Dinwiddie. So. Maybe without fucking James Harden. Right. Like right. why don't we just uh why don't we just keep the Spencer talk to next year? <laughs> all right. Now folks, what you've all been waiting for, we're gonna turn to Miami. All right, Simon. You ready to go down to Miami? Hello. Yes. Okay. So this is the glorious part of this podcast where we, Simon and I, head to a restaurant of, uh, sorry, located in our opponent's hometown. However, this week we are going to do one because last week we already went to a Milwaukee restaurant and it told us everything we needed to know about our opponents, Mm -hmm. i.e. that they were... Uh, not worthy of the Nets' uh, grandeur and dominance. Yeah. Um, this week we are going to go to a place in Miami because that is the other team we could have potentially faced in the first round. We are going to a place called Joe's Stone Crabs, which I think is a fairly famous uh, Miami restaurant. Simon, you have brother who used to live in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever hit up Joe's Stone Crabs when visiting him? No. Or did you? have you ever heard of it? I have not. It looks very, very fancy. Basing that entirely off the prices on this menu. Extremely high. Yeah. We generally try to hit up, um, let's say, more D-class A places in the uh, in the towns that the, the Nets are playing in. This week, we're going to go to a fancy Miami upscale restaurant called Joe's Stone Crabs. I'm not sure if it's in South Beach, but it has a South Beach vibe to it, wouldn't you say? It is priced like Madonna has a home in the area. <laughs> is she a famous a famous Miami resident? Oh, yes. Uh, other famous Miami residents, Simon? Uh, Ricky Martin. Really? I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, any others? Um, I would just be making Pitbull? things up. Pitbull, possibly, sure. Okay. Anyway, you uh, <laughs> listeners, I think, Simon, would you appreciate it if they sent us uh, an email about other famous Miami residents? Yes, and you can't get more famous than Pitbull, Ricky Martin, and Madonna. Three people who collectively describe William and I's age within, <laughs> I don't know, 2.5 years. Right. 
Um, okay. Simon, we're going to Joe Stone Crabs, and we are going to start our meal, as we do each and every meal, with a drink. It's a robust wine menu, but I think I am going to go for a cocktail. Mm-hmm. What do you think you're going to do? Yeah, I'll do a cocktail as well. All right. So you want to go first? Yeah, I want to. Jesus Christ, the prices on this thing. Insane. Is this like in there's a, a, there's in a, a Moscow theme park mule? Or something? There's a Moscow mule for twenty dollars. I was. That's what exactly what I was gonna get. Um, cause I ain't buying. Um. The Joe's Moscow Mule. Keep the mug. Hello, a classic. Ah, there you go. Uh, you talking a menu treat. Z-Y-R Vodka. Have you heard of that one? Sure. No. No, I never have. Ginger Beer Lime Wedge. That They are describing a uh, classic mule. <laughs> but the, the mule price, again, I do feel like this has to be in Disney World or Epcot or something. Uh, served in a Joe's Copper Mug. I mean, a Copper Mug. How much do you think retail you're getting a Copper Mug for? Three dollars. Three dollars. So then it's only four dollars <laughs> more than yeah. your your average drink here. Yeah. I'd love a copper bug. Me too. I well actually I shouldn't say that because we did have them and we threw them out. Yeah. Them. <laughs> <laughs> They're a ridiculous thing to own. That said, <laughs> in a world in which we lived <laughs> with just like like we were talking with a, a friend of ours from, from Albuquerque today. And they're sort of rearranging their children's rooms right, into right, one right. of their four rooms right. or something. And it's like, yeah, in that world, sure. I'm exactly. having like a dozen Moscow Mule mugs for exactly. the once-in-a-decade event in which I want to serve Moscow right. Mules out Mo- of a copper uh, a- copper mug. You could have a Moscow Mule room in many parts <laughs> of the country. Right. Here where, where uh, space is a little more precious. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are only so, so many ironic cups I yes, keep around. Exactly. Uh, still, I have a staggering number of ironic cups, right. but not as many as I otherwise would. I, Simon, am going to get the spicy mezcal margarita. You know I love a mezcal. You know I love spice. It's got yegal, mezcal joven, jalapeno infused sour mix, all for the fair fair price of $16. I will not, unfortunately, get to take my glassware with me. Mm. Though, it's a very common thing to just take glasses from bars. I think... At our age, it's declassic. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, if you're in for, college for a, for and you're a like pair of, a pair of sophisticates like us, right? Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, but if if you're like, bro, I we have like three glasses in our home of like right. that six people live in. Let's get some some uh, pints on pint the cheap. Glass. Yeah, yeah. No, th- that's true. Um, mm. It would, it would, it would, it would, it wouldn't end well, especially if they, if they uh, noticed. Mm-hmm. Trying to explain that as a um, late thirties man, uh, but you know what? In South Beach, I feel like anything goes. Yes. Uh, uh, both of us pass on the frozen drinks, which I think is odd. <laughs> especially that watermelon mark, which sounds delightful. It does. It but does. Let's head to the starters and soups. And salads. Simon, what are you going to get to begin your meal? 
I've got to get the conch fritters um, because I've never had conch. And in fact, my only experience with conch was with <laughs> Is Alec. Is it conch? Conch, okay. Conch or conch? conch? I don't know. I, don't I genuinely, know. that was a real, real question. Uh, I'm going to say conch. Okay. But I also don't know. Um, was with Alex Williams at a place in Albuquerque. Oh. <laughs> it was like Red a flag. Mexican seafood place. And conks. it was like a classic conks. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um, and... And, you know, in, in Alex's fashion, God love the guy, uh, uh, former guest of, of You Talking to Menu. Um, but it, it was like a classic, like, man, I'm like, you know, got no money. I'll have the $17 conks, please. $17 in like 2006 <laughs> right. Right. There's, money. There's no shame quite like asking your parents to pay your rent for the 17th month in a row. <laughs> I'll take two conks and uh, do you guys have a fresh swordfish? Yeah. In Albuquerque, <laughs> uh, it was it was, uh, and I didn't have a bite. And you know, I have many regrets in life. But one of them is not having a bite. Not, I would love to try the fritters. Yeah, conch fritters sounds absolutely to die for, Simon. I think for me, I'm gonna go ahead and get the cocoa shrimp, coconut shrimp. Mm. Yeah. Uh, hate coconut, love shrimp. <laughs> Pair the two together. I've got a like. You hate coconut? I don't like coconut. Oh. Not a flavor. Not a flavor I'm into. Uh, I would like. I would suggest were we to ever actually go to this place that we split the market-priced chilled seafood tower. Mmm. In which you get stone crab, shrimp, oysters, king crab, crab meat, cocktail. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds very very good. Um, as a couple of desert desert bunnies, what are what do you call it? Desert bunnies. Desert. A couple of desert bunnies. Uh. <laughs> uh, what are the what are the toads the 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 spiky toads in New Mexico called? Um, oh, uh, listeners, if you know what the spiky toads. Yeah, what? What, what is are it? They? <laughs> I can't remember. God, something head toads or like I, I don't. They're spiky though, and they're brown, and they're really, yeah, yeah, and they're running around the desert. They blend in with the dirt real well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you know what kind of toad we're talking about, hit us up. Maybe next time, anywhere you can find it. All right, Simon, what are you getting for your main, main, main? Thank you main, for asking, main, main. William. This. It's a chance to prove what I was talking about last week, which is that I love mahi-mahi. I'm getting (laughs) mahi-mahi. Two weeks in a row. For $8 more than my drink. Right. Um, (laughs) But you don't get to keep, like, if you got to keep the plate and it were made of copper. That's true. (laughs) Well, especially these days with the commodity prices. Corn? Corny toad? No, no, it's um, horn, horn, horn toad. Horn, no, no, that's horn a frog. Bullhorn. Bull bullhead. Bull, no. Bullhead toad? Bullhead toad. Uh, Horny bullhead toad. I'm going to describe a mahi-mahi. Okay, yeah, yeah. You get, get the, on yeah, the... Bullhorn um, toad. Grilled with white bean ragu. Mm. Andouille 
sausage and salsa verde. Are you excited about the white bean ragu? I am. I think there's no classier way to describe, to zhuzh up what is a mash of beans than to describe it as a ragu. Like, I mash <laughs> some beans, and now it's a sauce. Horned toad? Is it just a, toad. a regal horned lizard? No. Phylum chordata, class reptilia, order squamata. Okay. <laughs> I think that's what we were thinking about. Horned, a horned toad frog. Horned no, but it's a horned toad. It was a yeah, exactly. It's, I know, I know. Well, I mean, we know what we're talking about yeah, what's here. What's going on here? They're not really giving it to us here. Horned lizard. It can't just be a horned lizard. That's too boring of a name. Okay, that's a great order, Simon, and I can't can't wait to watch you uh, enjoy the mahi mahi with white bean ragu. Are you getting a potato or vegetable on the side? No. Really? They have hash browns. <laughs> so it's things like hash browns that I feel like this might be an even more expensive version of lo- of uh, red lobster. Like I, I am getting strong senses from this place that this is like. A low class, high class. Oh, okay, okay. You know what okay. I'm talking? Yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you're. I hear what you're saying. Um, I personally, Simon, am going to get in terms of uh, on the theme of high class, low class, lobster, mac and cheese, mm. white cheddar and Asiago crumbs. Mm-hmm. Top my lobster mac and cheese. Um, I think I can say with some confidence that I have never actually had a lobster mac and cheese. I haven't either. Um, I have always been, I think we're in the same boat on this, underwhelmed by lobster. Oh, I was. I thought you were going to say mac and cheese because definitely mac and cheese for me. Oh, I know that. I know that there's only one mac and cheese for you, and that is Sue Legrand's yeah, uh, mac and cheese. That's right. Um, but for me, lobster is always a bit of a disappointment. Like I love I love seafood in general. Mm-hmm. Like everything on this menu: sea scallop, shrimp, uh, crab, mm-hmm. red snapper, grouper, ginger salmon, mahi mahi. All that exciting, good, flavorful. But all of those things don't come with a ludicrous price tag. Mm-hmm. Whereas lobster seemingly always is more expensive than everything else, and. There is there's just it's not like meaningfully different enough for me to care about lobster. It's especially not meaningfully different from crab or lobster. I will give you that. I I, I feel especially crab, I would rather just have crab because it's less expensive and it accomplishes the exact same thing. Flavor profile wise. <laughs> now, William, let me just quickly amend my thing here. I do yeah. want to get the cream spinach. Okay. I was hoping you might. I was hoping you might. So tell us a little bit about the cream spinach. Uh oh, I don't have my menu up, but I All right, I'll read it for thank you. It's you. spinach creamed. Creamed with garlic. St- oh, sorry. No, that's sorry. there's okay. two All options. Right. So just... here are the options for your spinach. Mm-hmm. And I know you've already picked creamed, but indulge me. You can have spinach creamed. You can have it creamed with garlic. I assumed a creamed would come with garlic, but it's an alternative one. Uh, Third iteration, steamed spinach. Okay. Fourth iteration, sautéed in garlic. Mm. You're you're still sticking with your initial cream. Creamed. Yeah. Not with garlic, though? I mean, no, I would cream it with garlic if possible. 
It's it's the way that's written. It's unclear to me what the options are, honestly. So there are four options: creamed, creamed with garlic, steamed, or sautéed in garlic. Creamed with garlic. Okay. Uh, have you ever tried to make creamed spinach? No. Great. Neither have I. Sounds um, like like one of those things that is like a restaurant purchase. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Because this is a Nets podcast, and because we exclusively and only think, talk, eat drink, etc. Nets. Um, after going to Joe Stone Crabs in Miami, what do you think this tells us about our w- could-have-been opponent, the Miami Heat? Uh, they're high-class, low-class. They, they uh, you know, they have some high-end talent. Your, your Jimmy Butler, your Bam Adebayo. You think you're going in for a tough series like that? That was sort of, at least in some uh, corners of the of the pun- sports pundit world, it was gonna be, you know, like the Nets were like you and I have talked, in fact, on the on the in the sports pundit world about like we were like we want to avoid Miami because Jimmy Butler is a man on a mission, um, and then it turned out that they stunk, they lost in four uh, ignominious games <laughs> to uh, what turns out to be a, a, at the very least, deeply flawed Bucks team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that they're they're getting swept by a team that is on their way to a gentleman's sweep is a true indictment um, on them. I think the Heat are going to have to do a real hard look at Tyler Hero, who came out of the bubble last year, is like, oh, man, with steal of the draft. Untouchable. He, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think his value why, is... Why would you trade for James Harden if you had to give up <laughs> Tyler Hero? <laughs> yeah, no, they, they... I mean, obviously, they look horrible. Now, you know, big caveat, Jimmy wasn't wasn't theoretically healthy. Um, but actually, this gets at one thing that I've wanted to talk with you about after that first round, which we haven't talked about either outside of this podcast or on this podcast. But after last season, um, you know, Jimmy Butler was a big issue for Nets fans because there was the idea that when he was forcing his way out of Minnesota, should we or should we not go for him? My main contention was like Tibbs played him into the ground. Um, and sorry, when he was leaving Philadelphia. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tibbs played him into the ground. He's going to be asking for a super max. He's old. He's not going to, he's going to, he's going to be injury prone and not the guy you want to be your team leader. Uh, you are more pro Jimmy. And after last season, uh, hard to look at what Jimmy did, get lead, like drag a team to the, to the um, NBA finals and not say, damn, Nets missed out on an opportunity there. Now, a year later where Jimmy, you know, by all accounts had a, a pretty good regular season in the limited games he played, had a disastrous, and I mean disaster, like horrible. You, you, sh- you, you can shit yeah. on Harden's playoff resume. <laughs> uh, all the talk about like how Jimmy turns it on in the playoffs and is, is, is just like killer that you need for the playoffs. All of that has to be cast in a radically new light after what happened in this playoffs. He was fucking miserable um and 
how, yeah, how are you, how are you feeling? And, and there's two more years of the of the Jimmy experience. Do you think this was just hey, it's post bubble. He's not fully healthy. They're tired as a result of not having much of an off season. Give it another year. Jimmy's going to come back and he's going to drag that team to an elite uh, Eastern Conference team again next year. Or are Nets feeling like they dodged a bullet? So, uh, so t- two things. One, I think that if the choice is you get Kevin Durant or you get Jimmy Butler, <laughs> I think uh, in 2021 in June, no one would, you know, disagree with that. Okay, 2021, God, God, save Kevin Durant from injury, please. Like, the guy is unbelievable. I bet even I haven't looked at his playoff totals, um, but even with his not good game last game, like, he's surely still, his numbers are just insane for yeah. these playoffs. Like, they are inhuman. Um, so, yes, if it gets you Kevin Durant, I don't care who else you have to get. Uh, including headcase Kyrie and total um, salary suck uh, DeAndre Jordan. Like, completely <laughs> worth it. Completely worth it. Do anything you can to get Kevin Durant is how you have to feel on June 12th, 2021. Um, but secondly, on I will never bet against... Never bet against Jimmy. I, you know, maybe I'll lose that bet, but I will never go against... Uh, Butler, I, I think he's he's got a he's lot of coming fight. Back. He's coming back. Okay, all right. Well, Simon, it's the end of our podcast. Uh, this is a hard thing to say. We have minimum two more games, mm-hmm. maximum four more games. What is your final prediction for this series? Folks, in what is sure to be a kiss of death, I am <laughs> blessing the Nets with the Simon seal of approval. Uh, five games. Five games, five games. We're done by Tuesday of this week, which will prepare us for the next series. Who do you think we're going to play? Who do you want to play between Philadelphia and Hot Atlanta? I definitely would rather play Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have only been afraid of one team in the East throughout this playoffs, and that has been the Philadelphia 76ers, especially with a healthy Joel Embiid. My fear being Joel Embiid will require Steve Nash to play DeAndre Jordan. When DeAndre Jordan plays, the Nets are a significantly worse team. And um, I just can't I can't imagine that DeAndre wouldn't get some run in that series. Yeah. In that sense, I yeah would much, much, much rather see the Hawks, even though I think one reason the Sixers are making it look easy the last two games, basically the last um, five halves. Because uh, they got smoked in that first half, but have won every every half since then, um, is like I'm I'm worried that Atlanta is just a team that is really good offensively, but Philadelphia is able to shut down because they're so good defensively, and it could turn into just a shootout with us and them. And in that sense, I am a little bit concerned about them, but I am I am vastly more concerned about the 76ers. So. 
Anyway, hopefully we end up winning in five. Hopefully we end up winning just full stop the series. Get, advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, it'd be great if we were playing the Hawks. I really can't foresee that happening. But who knows? Simon, uh, would you let people know where they can uh, reach out to us? Yes, folks, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Maybe Next Time. And also send us your questions, comments, thoughts on uh, Joe Stone Crabs, your thoughts on Moscow Mules or other drinks you mm. like. Uh, uh, maybe next time at gmail.com. Please give us five star reviews wherever you can review us. Um, very much appreciated. Uh, and make sure if you're going to spend any money on anything that it be at DraftKings.com. TB. PN. TBPN. That's the that's the the uh, critical critical um, promo code. promo code. Okay, thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. What your thoughts are on lobster and its place in the in the seafood pantheon. Um, we'd love to hear from you regarding spinach and various iterations of spinach, garlic or no garlic in your cream spinach, for instance, a debate I didn't know existed before about eight minutes ago. Anyway, folks, we will go ahead and, uh, see ya next time. time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read